I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. We are back for episode 63 of Digital Divination. And when we last chatted, uh, you had made a big announcement that you were leaving yeah. leaving Paizo and uh, heading right. over to Renegade Games. And in fact, um, after our we posted our episode, the next day was going to be your first day. So That's now right. you've been there a uh, week and a half or so. How was it? How is it? Uh, it- it's good. It's good. Like, you know, I spent uh half that time kind of acclimating myself to the to the big three books uh mm-hmm. that are out slash coming out that I'm going to mainly be working on. Uh the Power Rangers line, G.I. Joe line, and the Transformers line. And then like, you know uh, we're recording this on Saturday, so Thursday and Friday were the were the two days I actually did work, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um What's your sense for the Essence 20 rule set? I, I have no idea about it. Can you give mm-hmm. me a quick and dirty what it's about? Sure, yeah. It's like it, it, it it's a little bit derived from uh fifth edition D D, but also a lot different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, uh basically the, the game works and it only has like four stats instead of six six stats and only like a handful of skills. Uh but the basically um the way it works is that you you don't have static modifiers to your d20. It's a d20 based system. Right. It's called essence 20, right? So you roll a d20 and you're and you're adding something and you're trying to beat a target number. But that at what you're adding is not a static bonus, it is a, another die. Could be a mm-hmm. d2 or it could be all the way up to a d12. Um and so it plays with that basically and uh so there's you know, I could see there's probably some uh randomness to it, right? Which is why I think the difficulty classes for things kind of stay static throughout all 20 levels. It's also a class and level system too. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. So it has a little bit of that. Um, I saw some, some, uh, some interesting stuff in there about like, uh, that's definitely not in fifth edition that almost feels a little pathfinder second edition about like getting criticals. If you roll high, you know, double the difficulty yeah. instead of plus 10, it's like if you double the difficulty, you get that high, it's a critical success or, mm-hmm. you know, obviously if it's a natural 20 on the D 20, no, it's actually not even that it's, 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 it's more interesting than that. It's if any of your, the skill dies, what's called, if any of those turn up to be the maximum face and the test succeeds, that's a critical. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, wow. and then you've got all these sort of shifts that you can do to what size die you have up to the point where if you, have enough shifts to it you can just auto succeed and, and, and you know mm-hmm. little, little little and, and there's story points which are kind of a little bit like hero points for re-rolls and, and that kind of stuff uh, so there's a little bit of narrative um give in, in the system i would say um but uh it 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 all i mean you know it's it it handles all that stuff. i mean it, it's the same system both for power rangers up to transformers so it's like you know mm-hmm. definitely is is extrapolated out into a a uh, um more generic way you know so the the core if you buy any of those three books the sort of most of the core of the how skills work and how you know you know health works and stuff like that is all the same 
Yeah, it sounds reminds me a bit of GURPS, you know, where basically okay. you could have all kinds of different um, contexts, I guess. Yeah. But use the same basic rule system for creating supers or cyberpunk or fantasy right, yeah. or Western or, or things like that. So is it kind of that sort of transferability or is I it don't... just kind of the, they all hang on the same system? Right now, they all just hang. I don't know if it's fully trans. I, like, like right now, I wouldn't say that there's fantasy that you could do fantasy with because you know like one of the main skills is technology right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so uh it, it's definitely sort of leaning at the moment modern to sci-fi right i would say but that doesn't mean that you couldn't tweak it here and there if i don't know right. if they have an, like an open gaming license or anything because as i was reading through the power rangers book and with a offhand mention of there's like i think a a Power Rangers episode where one of them goes back in time to the Wild West and there are Wild West Power Rangers. And right. I immediately wanted to just kind of hack the entire, like just sort of <laughs> file the seal on numbers off Power Rangers and hack yeah. it into like clockwork mechs and yes. you know, yes. Western-based kaiju right. and just sort of stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, that would be crazy. Um, but yeah. um, uh, you do have to, I think for like um, every system is like every, the classes are different. And then you've right. got like, origins and influences which are a little bit like ancestries and backgrounds and right. for like say second or theme and and whatnot for for starfinder uh, those are all different too so you have to you'd have to that's the that would be the main brunt of of changing right. the system right well we'll have to talk more about that is kind of you get sure. more in depth and and eventually i'll probably get some of the books to to figure out what's what's up with them as well we can yeah but yeah. uh getting back to our lap last episode one of the things we mentioned that we would talk about next time was um, a standalone adventure from Paizo called Redshift Rally, mm -hmm. which is a uh, seventh level based standalone adventure for right. for, for players. Uh, and that's about all I know about it. Um, <laughs> do you know who might have developed that? Might have a better sense. Yeah, oh well, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Paizo announced a lot of Starfinder stuff uh, this uh, at Gen Con, mm -hmm. um, and Redshift Rally is one of those because it's sort of coming out real soon. Right. Uh, I would say uh, if, if it's not out already, and there might be copies of it at their booth, at the Gen Con booth or something. Uh, but definitely, you know, uh, I think the PDF is out. I, I've I've had the PDF uh, for a little bit, and um, I just want to talk about it because it's different. It's it's mm -hmm. kind of uh, something you can only do in Starfinder in a lot of ways, right? Uh, you know, uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder have those shared roots. Of shared setting and you know the D twenty system uh, from from three point five, but you know Pathfinders is fantasy and 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 while you can have dungeons and uh, you know techno dragons and looting and fighting and all that with a uh, with Starfinder, there are certain things that you could only do in Starfinder and and those are sort of um, things kind of based around in a way pop culture. So Redshift mm -hmm. Rally is our is the speed racer adventure. Right. That's how um, uh, I, I generally pitched it, found uh, uh, Jessica Catalan to run it because mm -hmm. whatever, everything she writes is gold. I was like, yes, this will be perfect. Um, and it, in a lot of ways, it isn't a, there's not a lot of fighting in it. There's mm -hmm. some, of course, because you have laser guns and whatnot. Uh, but um, uh, it's, I think there's less of it than you would have than you had in, say, uh, Junker's Delight or mm -hmm. uh, uh, Liberation of Locust One uh, because there's a lot of challenges dealing with. The other racers. There's a lot of racing, mm -hmm. obviously, right? Okay, let me take a step back and just sort of, since you don't know anything about it, let me explain the plot to you. Um, the PCs are like part of a a, a brain trust, basically, for uh, this comp this starship manufacturing company called Redshift Revolution, 
mm-hmm. and they and a bunch of other Starship manufacturers enter every three years the, uh, a rally known as the Absalom Run. For this one, it's the twentieth anniversary of you know of the Absalom Run, so uh, it's special. It's different. It's not just a race between Absalom and some other place. It's multiple races, right? Um, and so uh, during the qualifying round. Uh, you sort of was in the backstory is like you were helping them, you know, with their new starship, make sure it's all juiced up and good. But during the qualifying round, the the race, the sort of star racer of uh, Redshift Revolution's team gets into a horrible accident. Could be sabotage, maybe it is. Um, and then, uh, well, you got to run out there and maybe save save him. Uh, by the way, this the first part of the of the adventure takes place on the sun during because uh, there's a, a, a lot of places to race. I've noticed in our setting, you know, like there's uh, this one bubble on the sun. There's like, mm-hmm. uh, I think some sort of track somewhere on Verses or something. There's or or on Absalom Station. It was a lot of sort of like places dedicated for sports, right? Uh, the sport of racing, and so um, uh, 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 he's out of commission, and so the the your your liaison sort of asks you to, hey, could you step in to be the team that runs? Absalom rally so we can win it and get this vital starship contract for the stewards and make a lot of money and be you know, more famous because they haven't won it they used to win it a lot rich of revolution and then the evil company terminator x uh start or i think it's just called terminator uh that uh started um winning and they're a little more underhanded and they're a little more you know quite care so you get a little bit of the re- rivalry between those two those are your main antagonists uh, which you will quickly find out because uh, we made them real jerks, um, <laughs> and so um, the uh, so uh, and they're all these, they're, yeah again the, yeah these companies sound like and I don't I don't remember precisely there was a starship race in a Starfinder Society scenario mm-hmm. I think it was season three and I thought Redshift was one of them and I thought Terminator was another is that where these are Probably drawn true. from. Yeah, or, if you uh uh you know our um a lot of those have been name dropped for a while, but they got collected in the Starship Operations Manual. Ah, uh, uh, okay, a year or so back, right? And there's a little, right, right, right. little blurbs on all of them. Uh, got uh, it. There. Maybe that's yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, most likely they were mentioned in. in we mentioned we try to you know yeah establish yeah. a continuity, uh, mm-hmm. and and we're trying to you know things that 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 reappear. That um. If you read the Terminator sort of entry, you find that that the woman, and by the way, in my brain, uh, just so you know, uh, the Terminator company is a lot like Mom's company from Futurama, okay? Because it is okay. being run by sort of a, a mean old lady, <laughs> and okay. she's looking. Uh, uh, her name happens to be Jason, by the way, J A C E N, but that's just, I think, a coincidence. Um, <laughs> Okay. Uh, uh, and her last name is Wither. So, you know, it's like how she can't, like, that's, a, that's an evil person's name. Um, yes. Basically. Yes. Um, and she's looking to who's going to succeed her when she passes on to mm-hmm. run the company. And then, so the, these uh, siblings, these three siblings, like her grandsons, which again are sort of a nod to, it's a sort of a nod to Futurama, um, uh, uh, or sort of they kind of fight amongst each other, but mainly they're trying to win Absalom Rally. Epsilon mm-hmm. run to prove to their grandmother that they are the one who should take over the company. One of them's the sort of you know, handsome pilot, real confident. The other one is the sort of 
smart mechanic. And then the third one is kind of like a mystic type who likes to dabble with the occult and, and actually has sort of a bit of a, some, some, the module goes to Octurn for, for one race. And, and there's a little bit before of we get old, too far, we ones. need to say that it sounds hmm. like there's going to be a lot of spoilers here in this discussion. Oh, so. well, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, not so much. I mean, I'm raw not going to general you, spoilers. Yeah. Just sort of raw general. Spoilers. Some of the stuff, is, okay. it's sort of set up, you, you know, the races that you're going to participate in. Yeah. Um, okay. Actually, you might not know until you get until there might be sort of a surprise. Anyway, uh, so there's some <laughs> stuff that you know, but I'm not going to say I won't say too much more about what it is. Okay. It's, it's basically yeah. a lot about racing, uh, yeah. trying to win. But it's all sorts of racing. It's starship. It's it's uh, uh, sea racing, air racing, land. There's a marathon land race. Yeah, I saw that in the days. blurb. It says land, sea, and air, and I mm-hmm. and I thought right away. I'm thinking Cannonball Run or something like that. Oh yeah. Where, yeah, yeah. So. There's a lot of that. I was trying to figure out how to sort of make that give that or kind planes, of feel trains too. and automobiles, or you know, one of those other. Um, kind of I think you're thinking of uh, it's a mad, 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 mad way of my world. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and um, so, but but each of them is sort of separated into small chunks. So you you mm-hmm. do a race, you 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 get points or you lose points or whatever, and then you get onto right. this starship, uh, this sort of mobile space station, uh, called the Pit. And then that takes you to another location. But in between all that, you're dealing with the other racers. Sometimes some of them are trying to hurt you, but sometimes some of them are just like, you know, having trouble. And do you help them out? Are you the good guys in that sense? Uh, You have to talk to the media. There's a host of media personalities who are on this space station who are interviewing you at all times. Uh, You know, how'd you do on that race? So so this, there's one point where you're asked to do a Mass Effect style um, uh, uh, commercial. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you mm-hmm. should, you know, you're, you're, you're the hot, new hotness, uh, endorse yeah. this product, yeah. uh, essentially. Yeah. And you know, do you do it? Do you not do it? And how does that make, you know, uh, so there's a lot of fun stuff. And that's the stuff that you can't really do in Pathfinder dealing with right. the mass media. You could cut, you could have a race in Pathfinder, right? In fact, uh, uh, um, some of the mechanics are a little bit based off of the skull and shackles regatta that happens about mm-hmm. in the third or fourth volume of that AP this hurricane king's regatta or whatever it is um so i i looked at that for inspiration and then then and then you know could have pared it down a little uh but as you new, race you gain points yeah are there new vehicle mechanics uh you know for for the chase mechanics or race mechanics it is or? it is a little it is a little bit of a new mechanic in this is like you make a series of skill checks essentially um as you go that try to like give you points for the race and then those points are tallied up and then all the mm-hmm. points are tallied up at the end of the race to see who wins it is sort of assumed that the pcs are going to well well the, it's always assumed that the pcs are going to win in a lot of ways right but they might not right. because they might not do good but if if they still they could they could help the people who are winning or try to put right. an end to sort of the evil terminator schemes they're probably cheating because they always do right the evil teams um but <laughs> uh uh but, but to back to my point is the sort of talking to the media and being in this sort of one location that sort of moves around with everyone is sort of, you know, not it's it's uniquely Starfinder in a lot of right. ways. Right. No, that that sounds sounds like a lot of fun. It's kind of neat how these, you know, various one shots are building up in level, right? So so mm-hmm. now this is seventh level, and you know, I guess maybe they'll have another a ninth. You know, slowly kind of moving up with 
with these down this the road. This one gets or you up to tenth, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, the, nice. Yeah, the modules do uh, get like uh, have a little more space for adventure, so mm-hmm. they are uh, can it go up an extra level. I mean, I'm looking at it right now, as a matter of fact. Oh, uh, yeah, you're tenth level by the end of the adventure. Mm-hmm. You should mm-hmm. be. Um, and it's unique. Uh, uh, it's interesting that the way we um, the way it's presented. There's a little bit of a sandbox element to it in a lot of ways. There's like one chapter sort of talks about the main races, and then another chapter talks about all the events that happen in between mm-hmm. the races. So you can mix and ma- as a GM, you can kind of mix and match some of the things. Like obviously, event X should happen after event Y because they follow one another. Right. But you can mix in Z and B, and you know as you mm-hmm. as you move along. Uh, there's obviously suggestions for for how to do that in the adventure, but for the most part, there's sort of Here's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen, and there are little mm-hmm. vignettes that be like, "Oh, you maybe uh, you meet some of the other teams, and maybe you play a card game with them." Um, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you know, one of the wither siblings comes in, and is all like, "Hey, a card game, let me get in on this," and he's trying to cheat or what, you know, that kind of stuff. And how do you deal with all that? Now, from a developer point of view, this is a pretty long thing they're doing. It's like sixty-four pages. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Are these, so that's that's a lot longer than like. Uh, that's longer than an AP book now, isn't it? Yeah, the adventure ends up get, uh, being a little. No, bit No, it's about the same, isn't it? They're, they're the same size, but the way yeah. we do it is that the adventure ends up being a little bit longer, mm-hmm. uh, and then the adventure toolbox ends up being a little shorter. We use, and especially in this okay. one, we have fewer. We have fewer new creatures, and all the creatures in the back of the book are represented in the adventure. So this okay. is one hundred percent all written by Jessica Catalan. That's what I was going to uh, ask you. So that's one deliverable. The whole the whole shooting yeah. match then. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Which is more. It's just. A, 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 a heavier lift for the author, but right. uh, it's a little ways how the Pathfinder Venture Path does things. Right. One, right. often one author writes the majority of their 96 page volumes. Right. And that's right. a lot. Having done one pretty recently, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it is a lot. And how much time does it usually take? Or does the author get to write one of those? Um, I mean, I, we try, I always try to give people months. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact timeline of this because I developed it back in January, so I assigned it like around this time last year. I was right. looking at the outline and stuff. So, uh, so uh, two, months, two months, know, three give, months. I would, I would say three months for a module. Yeah. I try to get three months yeah. for even a, a Pathfinder adventure for for an adventure yeah. path adventure. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, three months minimum. Yeah, no, that's yeah. good. That's a good amount. Yeah. Well, I look forward to it. I, um, I, I mm-hmm. have it in my, I should be getting that sometime soon. That's all I know. Right, yeah, it's yeah. not, not here yet. So yeah. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward. You know, I had, I had to change my subscriptions because I didn't have the Starfinder Adventures on a subscription. And right. I'd like to get, I like the hard copy, but I also like the PDFs later, you know, for, yeah. for doing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I always try to subscribe things. And so I realized, oh, I didn't have a subscription to this. So I need to start it now. They won't until they ship my hardcover. They won't give me access to the PDF. And oh, so, yeah, it's kind of yeah. a weird thing, you know. If I had just bought the PDF, but it, you know, because I like both, it saves me quite a bit to, yeah, to yeah. wait. Yeah, so, so I, I have I have to decide whether or not I'm gonna subscribe to anything. Uh, yes, Pathfinder or Starfinder, or just buy them as I see fit. I'm gonna get a couple um, contributor copies in the future. Right. I know right. that much, but. The stuff that I developed, for instance, I don't have a I don't have a hard copy of Redshift Rally, and it wasn't part of the big. We get um, Paisley would do does like basically product drops 
right. uh, once a month where you would just uh, well now before it would be uh, the warehouse team would come around and hand you a bunch of stuff, but you know, during right. the pandemic, it's been come to the thing and, and, and grab a bunch of, and it's a table full of stuff that you grab one of each of, uh, mm -hmm. and that wasn't in the last product drop I got. So I might not see a hardcover copy of this unless I decide to buy it. You didn't time your, you didn't time it well enough. I, didn't I remember time it, yeah. when Ron, when I, Ron left, one of the things he did is he timed it so that he got, it was enough to get the next month product yeah. drop. And so they got a whole bunch of stuff for that. So, I, I did uh, think about asking yeah. someone because when I went there my last day to drop some stuff off, yeah. uh, the physical copies were in the warehouse and I picked one up and looked at it and I looked around and went like, I should, I should, if I'm going to take this, I should probably ask. And I didn't really see anyone yeah. to ask. So I just left it there. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Well, when I get a hard copy, I can show it to you if you don't have one. How's that? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> That would be great. Yeah. So in um, Eric Mona's uh, keynote speech, mm -hmm. he he spoke a lot about Starfinder stuff. I was surprised yeah. early on. Uh, and one of the things that he did mention was a hardcover book, uh, Ports of Call. Mm -hmm. And you had said to me, you were really excited about talking about one part of it that you worked on. Do you want to yes. illuminate us on that a little bit? I do, I do. Uh, it's, it was a part of Eric's keynote speech where he showed a a, a big piece of key art from that book. Um, it is the uh, theme park world uh, called Galarian World, based off of the history of Lost Galarian. Mm -hmm. This is something that I've had in my head, had in my head for a while. The uh, I'm going to go into the deep origins of this idea. What do you think, John? Is that a good idea? Sure. Okay. As long as no spoilers that you're not allowed, that you get. Well, no, no, no. I want this is more about like, can you? <laughs> what are they gonna do? Uh, exactly. Um, before I worked for Paizo, a, 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 a role playing game group like we all do, uh, mm -hmm. that we and we played a whole bunch of different systems and, and and whatnot. And one of the ones that I ran was this time travel game uh, made by Epidiah Ravishal, the uh, creator of Dread. And he may have even been in the game when I was running it, but it's this um, game where you play um, sort of temp workers who work for this agency that fixes time. And because you're you're so unremarkable, uh, you're the only one who's allowed to go through time. Uh, mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the temp workers can be drawn throughout history. You know, they they they're just people who don't matter. They're not famous figures, right? It's just like you could be, you know. And, you know, tenth pirate on the left of Blackbeard ship, or you know, a, a future mm -hmm. uh, uh, janitor or something like that. Um, so it was a, you get a disparate group of, of of characters, and and you put them through time travel adventures. Real, in my opinion, uh, Doctor Who style time mm -hmm. adventures, where you go to some place in the past, but clearly there are aliens and robots there as well. Um, I did a thing kind of like uh, uh, that was about the the real Macbeth uh, of history. I did a little bit about. Uh, you know, animal-headed uh, androids in ancient Egypt pretending to mm. be gods mm -hmm. um, and stuff like that. But what I, what the culmination, uh, I did something about the Winchester Mystery House uh, mm. where I kind of tried to split them up and into two different time periods, like before and after the uh, the Great San Francisco Quake. Mm -hmm. um, but the future, the culmination of that, and the, the, they ended up in the future where they were at a theme park based on their adventures some of which they had not have had yet. So mm. uh, there was basically, you know, and there were basically big sort of mascot-headed uh, versions of their characters kind of prancing around and, and you know, uh, you know, 
hugging kids and stuff like that. Um, and I just, that idea just sticks in my head of a silly, I, I don't know, I like amusement parks and I like weird amusement parks even more. Um, mm-hmm. If you know anything about me, uh, I uh, 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 amusement parks, abandoned amusement parks I really love, uh, weird animatronics, haunted animatronics, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's all my all my jam. Um, so, uh, uh, and I know I I I've been to Disney World and uh, a bunch of times. I've been to you know Universal Studios and all mm-hmm. those all those theme parks up and down the East Coast, uh, Bush Gardens, that kind of thing. Um, and so I just had that in my head. And when we were when I mentioned with the Starfinder, I kind of popped up again. And I always thought you know it would be funny to do a kind of a Renaissance fair slash amusement park based on the past because we do it now we do you know mm-hmm. bush gardens has about sort of this but there are roller coasters there as well but it's also sort of about uh uh, uh not really the medieval times but sort of is you know I, I, uh, it's been a while since i've been there but also you get just sort of renaissance fairs and and it's about the pet you know it's historical but it's really not mm-hmm. so and i had this whole idea of just sort of like oh what if there were like you know the iconics for instance end up being like mascots it's big headed Valoros just kind of going doo, 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 uh, dancing <laughs> okay. around and whatnot, or like you know, oh look, there's yeah. Tarbafon, boo, we hit yeah. like you know, uh, and around that time too, there was um, uh, 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 sort of when I was writing it, the um, in Disney World, there's there are a lot of these videos of the evil queen from Snow White. There's sort of this, right. this one actress portraying her in the parks. She is so good. She's just completely just dismissive of everybody. Yeah orders around children and the way but it's in like it's in everyone's like so entertained by it because she's mean but in a fun way and all that kind of got stuck in my head and 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 in my mind i was like at some point you know and, and then sort of the infinite project uh, you know the uh, program started happening i was like oh, maybe i'll one mm-hmm. time i'll sort of write up you know and then galarian world is a thing uh for infinite and just for funsies um because i didn't think it was serious enough to be part of starfinder right right until I kind of joked about it in a creative meeting when we were kind of talking about this book, you know, let's do a book about, you know, because the ports of call book sort of takes place after the drift crisis. Mm-hmm. And it talks uh, about the, the, the ramifications of the drift crisis, some of which are these drift lanes, which make sort of point to point travel a little easier and faster. Uh, so we're talking about, well, let's put some, you know, some of these on there. Let's talk about other interesting places. Some of which we are, you know, using from, uh, uh, past things like Outpost Zed from from uh, that's in Aslanti space from uh, mm-hmm. against the Anthrone, um, a uh, 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 a couple uh, a place that's in the sort of scoured stars galaxy, I think um, that kind of stuff. Um, and I joked about it. I was like, "Oh, what if we did?" And I had this. I've had this idea in my head about doing Galarian World, but you know, just sort of it's it's fake Galarian and it's wrong in a lot of ways or just or it's heightened and 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 silly and everyone's like oh, i love it let's do it and that's like the third or fourth time that i proposed something as a joke for starfinder and it became <laughs> reality so i really should have just been doing that more and more while i was there i was like well, what about this um uh, uh and and of course you know i was like you know if we're gonna do this i i i, I need to write it i have to write it i love it i yeah. have all these ideas and so i did i got to write it and i put a lot of stuff in there that i think is really really going to be a fun i really hope people like it and and, and glom on to this idea uh the other freelancers when we we're sort of talking about it in our in, our, in the discord channel were like we got to do adventures there and stuff like that i'm like i'm hopefully maybe well, there will be you know uh because it's right for 
Jurassic Park style shenanigans or right, you know itchy right. and scratchy land style shenanigans. It's it's it is a lot like um more of a Renaissance fair than fully animatronic robots controlling everything. Right. So there are there are characters you get to meet Abigail Thrun, mm-hmm. who is mm-hmm. written to be exactly like the evil the evil queen of Snow White. She's just mean to people. Mm-hmm. Um and and the uh, uh, other characters. I basically kind of took everything that's sort of about the, and it's. Right now, it's just sort of—it's uh, mainly just sort of the inner sea region, uh, mm-hmm. the sort of core Pathfinder areas, right? Right. Um, and uh, I took a lot of basically just you know, even if they wouldn't necessarily be on at the same time, the the biggest personalities, uh, you know, um, Utropia, uh, Queen Utropia from Talon, uh, the Hurricane King. Well, actually, I think I made it. Tessa Fairwind uh, uh, is in mm-hmm. the shackles. There's a, um. Uh, Irisin land, uh, which is all sort of snow and whatnot. But also, this is an entire planet that right. that is sort of spread out. So you get these sort of concentrated areas that are really themed in theme park. But then you have all these this unspoiled wilderness between them, which you can go camping in and go on adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I did air quotes for those of you who aren't watching this YouTube video. Um, and those are you know great for, for actual adventures when people get lost. And turn, you know, maybe there's some, uh, maybe, you know, the, the theme park company is seeding the area with like more owlbears than there should be or, or mm-hmm. other, you know, Pathfinder monsters. Um, that could sounds a lot up. like so, Westworld, you know, sitting yeah, Westworld, Westworld was... in the behind the scenes Westworld. And then, you know, so here's, here's, here's the actual theme park part, but then here's the machine behind it. And then here's all mm-hmm. the dead space between the parts we've developed and all kinds of things could happen there. So. <laughs> Yeah, Westworld was a, was a big influence as well yeah. on that. Neat, neat. Well, um, I look forward to that. Now, are yeah. in are there adventure hooks? So a lot of these books they have adventure hooks as part yeah. of things as well. Um, yeah, but you're saying a, there's nothing written explicitly for Glorian World. Nothing like this is a fifth level adventure. They're like like we do, we we put down like a couple paragraphs of adventure hooks, like like a couple. Okay. 500 words or something like that just like mm-hmm. this could happen and this could happen and like mm-hmm. like i threw in a basically a, there's a there's at least one Jurassic park style reference in that there's a uh a, a, a west world ish reference there's a um i was just looking at it uh the other day uh actually i could pull it up right now and of course this is all pre you know what i'm talking about is all the stuff that i wrote and it, it and right I, it you don't know how it changed right yeah and i don't know how it changed i didn't take a look <laughs> at it um exactly um, who, who is the developer on the book? Uh, both uh, Joe and John okay. uh, developed yeah. this one. I th- yeah. think Joe took a look at my took a look at this piece. To be honest, um, mm-hmm. and there's stuff like so on this planet. Without giving too much away, but on this planet too, which is found a found planet at the end of this drift lane that this uh, travel company buys. You know, their, their their vice president of theme parks sort of gets a hold of it and says. I'm a I'm a student of history. He said, sort of probably just read like one book and a couple web pages, right? Yeah. Uh, let's do this up. Uh, but also, he find the whole thing gets is powered by these weird cubes that are underground that were built by some unknown civilization, oh, and those yeah. can go terribly wrong, of course, yeah. right? Um, and then there's you know other things that can happen. Maybe there's yeah. like unfinished parts of the park that you know haven't been done yet we could talk about you can always expand it and do the rest of galarian too you know we don't have a there's no tian sha area of this of right. galarian world as of yet but obviously it could get expanded on arcadia part of the you know could get expanded on but at the time yeah 
you know, I wanted to draw from the core Pathfinder experience right. essentially, and to make this a a tribute to Pathfinder in a lot of ways. Neat. Yeah, it's funny. I remember uh, talking to Rob uh, McCurry, and he said, "We will never find Galarian," and and now we found Galarian World, though. Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> that, yeah, that was the, what Eric was playing up on his keynote speech. He's yeah, like, "What's yeah. this? Is Galarian back? Oh no, yeah. but it's, n- yeah. it's clearly not. There's a roller coaster nah. in the background." Um, Very cool. Yeah. You, you uh, know something else that um, Eric had mentioned is that Thirsty's taking over now. That's right. As the Starfinder creative director. That's right. What does that mean? Uh, what's the technically the title is managing creative director. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in the past, uh, we ha- used, there used to be two positions: the creative right. director and the manager of Starfinder. That was Rob and Amanda for for a bit mm-hmm. um, until they both left. Uh, and so, uh, and then I became the manager. But there was no real creative director, and it was because Eric was thinking about how the structure of the company was for for a long time, for about a right. year or so. Um, and eventually, came to the conclusion that Starfinder does need some creative direction, which is, I think, is a good decision. Um, but why not? But but it, when we had a creative director and a manager, it was always kind of unclear as to who answered the questions when we had mm. them, or solved disputes, and when we had them and whatnot. And, and a lot of times, uh, you know, a little inside baseball here. You know, Rob and Amanda didn't see eye to eye on creative issues. Right. And so making this one position, actually, I think it's actually ended up being a pretty smart idea. Uh, a Someone who's just like, can deal with the management bits, the filling out people's, you know, preparing vacations and, and maybe dealing with schedules. And then, but also guiding the brand as a whole. And I think Thirsty is a, a great choice for that because he's yeah. always had a very pretty clear vision He's really loved mm-hmm. Starfinder. He's been loved it probably from the beginning, I would say. I mean, we, I think we've hired him full-time to be the Starfinder de- developer for the right. society, right? Um, so about, I'm going to have to get used to saying not saying we when I mean Paizo. <laughs> yes. uh, but I was there, so it was we at the time. But um, uh, 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 he's got some strong feelings about things, and I think that's mm-hmm. what's, what's needed to sort of continue Starfinder forward into the future not pun not intended uh so that it can continue to thrive succeed more and thrive because you know starfinders is always a little rocky in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it doesn't get the doesn't get the marketing push that pathfinder does and it doesn't have the fan base that pathfinder does right. it's easier right. for a lot of people to understand fantasy uh than it is for sci-fi now i don't want to say that people are stupid or anything like that but basically you know it's like you we all have the Lord of the Rings is a sort of a you know a cultural touchstone in a lot of ways or other sort of big fantasy epics, and they're all kind of not the same, but they have a kind of a an archetype, right? An archetypical story right. of sorts. Sci-fi though has eighteen other genres built into it. If you say sci-fi, what do you mean? Do you mean cyberpunk? Do you mean post-apocalyptic? Do you mean uh, you know near future? Do you mean time travel? Do you mean dimension nonsense? Right. Mm-hmm. So much stuff, and 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 you know, to our credit, we, Starfinder tries to fit all of that in, but it's so big that I think mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. dilutes the ability for people to come in and know know what it is, you know. Yeah, I, I was talking to Ron about about the move, and uh, he said, expect a lot more Gonzo stuff in Starfinder. That uh, he thinks Thirsty will really be pushing the creative envelope on things. What's your I sure what's hope your so. thoughts? 
<laughs> I like Gonzo stuff, as you yeah. can tell. Yeah. I like weird and silliness. I think, uh, you know, we want to, Starfighter should lean into that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if he gets any pushback from, uh, you know, higher ups from that. But but who's the boss of him? I mean, is it he reports to Eric then? I believe he probably reports to Adam Daigle. Oh, yeah, that's true. Eric. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, there's there's like creative issues. I'm sure, you know, there might be some I don't know I don't know if there's any of the sort of <laughs> idea of what what how Starfinder is from people even higher than Eric. Right. For instance, right. you know. because uh, I don't know. It's, I don't even think they think about Starfinder with just given how little, you know, marketing dollars are put behind it and everything. Yeah, so. I tend to agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's kind of, no, that, it, it'll be interesting. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about the future of these. Uh, you know, the Ports of Call book is not something I even knew was coming out and didn't work on it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I have worked on some things coming out. So I think he, he said that's coming out in July of next year. So I've worked on some stuff that's coming out later After than that, july right? which Dude. i'm really excited about um yeah, given yeah. you know kind of the state that starfinder is in and i i think mm-hmm. you know maturity wise and what with what what we're working on there so i'm pretty excited i think um it's really starfinder's come into its own and has yeah, yeah. a lot of its own lore built up and these mm-hmm. new adventures and things are kind of expanding it a bit more and i i look forward to more more crazy stuff did um, you work on Interstellar Species at all? I, I did not. Okay. No, that was not so what That's I the book that's coming out before Ports of Call right. at the end right, of this right, year right. with a new class and a lot of information about right. um, a, 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 a wide array of, of species from Starfinder because we have so many playable species, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. including some more information about like uh, the species that have only appeared in the alien character deck. You know, just sort of one card that's like, oh, here's some That'll more information be fun. about kobolds, yes. which is great. I think people want that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, mm-hmm. uh, it uh, it's going to have a whole build your own playable species kind of uh, oh. well, guide nice. to it, so you can make your own stuff up at home if you really want to know. Like, and it's it, it's you know, <clears throat> uh, uh, not super crunchy. It's kind of like a f- menu of choices. It's not like the the uh, uh, ed- was it advanced race guide. Right. Uh, for for first edition had this sort of like points system going on mm-hmm. for for making a playable race, um. So, but 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 the, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that too because I I do have a question about an adventure path because it's kind of different. Mm. The scoured stars adventure path. Did you have oh, anything yeah. to do with that? No, that's also th- going to be thirsty because he had such yeah. a he yeah, he yeah, yeah. Uh, spearheaded this uh, initiative. First of all, he wanted mm-hmm. to take the scoured stars line the story from the mm-hmm. society and and compile it into a book and 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 put it out that way um and uh that's so is, awesome by the way so many people yeah. want just that complete story i think yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun a lot of fun it's good it's 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 also um i don't know if you caught this marking a departure on how starfinder adventure paths are going to work mm-hmm. so we have starfinder adventure paths and we have starfinder adventures and at one point, the Scoured Stars compilation was an adventure. Like the Dead Suns compilation is technically in the adventure line, i.e. it's a single standalone situation, even though it's a big hardcover. Um, and we decided to shift things around. So that that is becoming an adventure path, right? And mm-hmm. then from then on out, as far as I know, uh, Starfinder Adventure Paths will be 
pre-compiled, I guess is one way to say it. Hardcovers only. You right. get all of it at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, I think, a move. And it's actually something that I um, uh, was 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 helpful in, in, in sort of pushing forward because I think it's, I think it's the way to go. I like our monthly, you know, releases as much as the next person. You get a lot of fun little stuff in it. But but when you go bi monthly with the Starfinder Adventure Path and just because it's so we always there's all there was always talk about how like first volume of Adventure Path sells great and then the right. second one doesn't sell so good and the third one doesn't sell so good. and if it's six long the sixth one barely sells at all or whatever and i'm like well the, why don't we just make people buy all of it at once if you want to play the, any of this adventure path buy the i mean because we you know we started compiling uh right. abomination vaults and right and and fist of the ruby phoenix um it'll be cheaper too then It'll be cheaper it definitely for, you to buy for the consumer. Yes. Yeah. Because if you're buying the adventure paths, six mm-hmm. of them is $120. Yeah. Right? More. They're 20, 20 bucks each? They're maybe 25 bucks each. Are they 25? I, I get the discounts. Yeah, I, I don't actually know what they cost. That's now. fair. If you get the discounts. Yeah. Huh? yeah. And, and But the, I remember I was looking at the Abomination Vaults special edition, right? So they cost a little mm-hmm. bit more. I think that's $75. For the special edition, I think the normals might be only sixty, right? Yeah, for, yeah, for, or even that. fifty, you know, for that. So, yeah. no, I, I actually I I like that because one of the things I, I don't on my shelf, all those little adventure path books, they're really hard to keep organized. Yeah. So you know, have, <laughs> have them in a, in a in a hardcover, and that also means if you contribute to anything in an adventure path, then you get the whole hardcover too. Then right. Is it contributor? Oh, I guess copy? that's true. That is a good point <laughs> for you contributors out there. Now yeah, there may so. end up being fewer contributors. Yeah, okay. uh, depending on because because uh, the way I think a hardcover should work, it should be more focused. Yeah, we will. Yeah. There will be less opportunities for just sort of little one-offs, and not to say that there won't be any, but I think there'll be yeah. fewer. Uh, it, but it allows you to say like, oh, we need to have a weird subsystem for this adventure. We can write it, put it in the put it in that book, so it's right. not. In a different volume for when you're in, you know, adventure. Yeah, three I'm doing Horizons of the Vast, and I'm in book two, yeah. and I got to have book one at the ready for all the stuff I'm doing. I would have you know? loved for that to have been a one big hardcover. Yes. So that a it would all be there, and it you we could have given it more space because, mm-hmm. and that's another thing is when you want to do a, little, a weird subsystem, it's got to fit in that first volume no matter what. And that first right. volume has other stuff in it, you know, that needs to be in there too. So it ends up not getting enough room. But if you say, oh, you plan it ahead of time, this needs, this needs 12 to 20 pages even, right? And it fits wow. because you have a, right. what, 160 some page hardcover, 120 pages of which are adventure approximately. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, and then you get to, and then you can, know, whatever monsters are in, are in the back sort of definitely can apply all the way through. You don't have to do. We always always weird things. If you wanted to refer to a monster from a previous Adventure Path volume, you kind of still had to reprint the stats and, right. and just for ease of use because you don't you know we don't know if everyone's gonna because people might pick up volume two. That that is a little bit of a downside of this. You can't pick up one volume to steal for your own campaign. Right, you would have right. to buy the whole thing. But I think right. and you know like you said it's but it, you know it'll end up being cheaper to buy the whole thing. People will get it. Uh, I'm going to be a mercenary here. Uh, 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 people don't necessarily may not finish an adventure path. If they buy the whole thing ahead of time, that's okay for, you know, Paizo's <laughs> sake, because they've got the money. 
uh, meaning they don't. They, they, there's no chance for the person not to buy the final volume, right? Because they've already bought right. it. But in a way, maybe that'll make people more uh, uh, um, motivated to run the whole thing, which would be great. Because yeah. you know, I like to have to tell a complete story. Most likely, all of these will still be only three parts. We're not going to do a big six part one for unless it's a real special reason, right? Yeah. Um, again, I keep saying we. Um, they, but uh, they, they, Pizos, <laughs> um, those Pizos, uh, you know. So they'll be still, but but again, you know, but that's a I think a a, a length of campaign that is uh, achievable. Yeah, yeah, I like it. it. Yeah. I like it. Well, that, that's some exciting stuff. And again, um, you know, this is all. This is a Saturday of Gen Con, and you yeah. and I are not yeah. at Gen Con, so we're just no. talking about stuff that came out. Uh, was announced at Gen Con, but you had a hand in developing. So that's, right. I think, adds a really nice, interesting perspective. The the more episodes of these we do, the less I will know, and probably the less I will talk. So well, <laughs> you can look forward to that, listeners. Yeah, when, when when you don't have anything to contribute, I'll have to find somebody new, I guess. That's all I, I Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I'll just go over to the Essence 20. Yeah, we'll have an Essence. Yeah, we'll just guess. We'll, we'll change this to something else. That's all. You know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but as long as you're playing and stuff, and I'm sure you're still going to freelance and things. I mean, you know? yeah, I still have some freelance to finish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, this month. I mean, Ron never developed any Starfinder adventures, and we still managed to talk about Starfinder. That's true, but he contributed so. a lot. He he knew a little bit of stuff about him, and he for a while had the, you know, ability to look ahead. Like, I look, I'll be perfectly honest. You know, I uh, uh, when I worked at Paizo, sometimes I'd take a sneak at whatever the Pathfinder Adventure Path was doing yeah. months in advance. I'd be like, "What do we got over here?" And I I I would have access to those files. You know, Ron, the network, so. Ron didn't do that. He, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. Well, so. I, I'm always curious <laughs> yes. about what's going on. Well, I'm sure on he might have looked, else. but it's not something oh, we, we actually said. talked about. Yeah. Fair no, enough, no. Yeah. I, so we talk about developer stuff, and that's what we've been focusing on now. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll get into nuts and bolts things, you know, about yeah. different playable races, you know, uh, you know, different classes and things, and especially, um, you know, when newer ones come out and new rules that maybe get introduced down the road we'll talk about that stuff it's yeah. it doesn't all have to be you know all this insider knowledge of, of you as a developer that's not <laughs> sure yeah. that's not the main reason why i have you it's some cachet obviously yeah. but it's somebody else who knows starfinder and wants to talk starfinder that's all we are i i didn't have much to do with the the new evolutionist class so when that comes out and we yeah. should just sort of break it down a little bit maybe or yeah give our that little be- opinions of it yeah for sure all right. Well, this has been fun. I'm glad we had a chance to catch yeah. up here on Gen Con. Thanks weekend. for letting me talk so much again. Oh um, well, I, I, had a, I, I was very excited more. about these things. <laughs> yes. You know, if, if there's a thing that you're excited about uh, in Starfinder for next time, you should uh, lead the discussion more. Okay, I, I, I will. I will try to find something I'm really excited about and uh, and lead the discussion. That you but can you talk about. <laughs> you are such a font of knowledge, though. So I, it's enjoyable. Soak it up like a sponge, and then I'd sit on the kitchen counter of life and and grow the mold of experience. Ooh, this this analogy is getting away from me. Please stop me. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm John, and I'm Jason, and this has been Digital Divination. <laughs>